Listen up, well-read baddies. We just discovered the cutest stationery and gifting brand that reflects the culture. They have planners, journals, and affirmation pens to help you stay organized, and the artwork is so beautiful. We love that there are so many options to choose from, and you can use whatever journal fits your vibe. Exclusively for our listeners, you can get 15% off your first order using code SHEWELLRED on BeRootedCo.com. That's 15% off using code SHEWELLRED at BeRooted.com. Let us know what you get. Welcome to the Bite Size Book Club podcast, She Well Read. We're your hosts, Alana and Samra, and we're two black girls in our mid-20s who are on a journey to get back into reading. Our goal is to encourage women to not only read any and everything, but to also read at your own pace. Each episode, we take a bite-sized approach to reading by breaking down one chapter of a book and diving into a multitude of topics. We see reading as a source of empowerment and want to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of empowerment. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Uh, I've been sitting down all day. (laughs) Mm, I just go from one chair to To another. another. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is how it is when you work from home and... Then you come record and you're still sitting. Right. <laughs> Driving, I'm sitting. Dri- this is yeah. why people in the South just be like, not moving. <laughs> we be so sedentary. Like in mm. New York, at least I would have like walked over. I don't know. It just I mean, feels like more... it's not a mobile city for it's real. It's not. For real. Yeah. Just or be... a mobile part of the country. So much sitting. There's a lot of sitting. Lot of Speaking back. of, you're probably sitting right now. Oh. Welcome to She Well Read. <laughs> Hello there. You caught us. Yes, the Bite Size Book Club podcast. I am Alana. I'm Samra. And do you do a lot of sitting like we do? Like yeah. a lot of sitting. I have to intentionally say I need to get up. And Well, that's what my Apple Watch does, actually, every hour. That actually is helpful for, for those of us. Because I, I mean, my body's telling me. My back said <laughs> get back. up and walk. <laughs> walk so, around. My get back, your steps in. My back said go see a chiropractor. <laughs> I'm working on that one too. Mm, I'm kind of scared though because they say like once you do it, like you, you have to keep. Yeah, they said that about massages too. But like, I mean, that's tea. You just you just figure it out. Yeah, that's true. Because I stopped getting those. That sounds expensive. It is expensive. I see chiropractors are on my insurance. Period. Um, shout out corner. Follow us everywhere at She Will Red. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon as well, where we are going to have a lot more content. So if one episode a week is not enough for you, head on over to the Patreon. Want to talk to us in real life? Head on to the Patreon. Want to just hear us fuck around? Head on to the Patreon. <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> I couldn't think of a third. I really just made that last one up because I was like, fucking it's got to be three. But we do be fucking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, support the season's partners. We got all the discount codes. Check it out in the bios and description. Coffee break. Coffee break. I had a little, t- a little two part. I know it says one thing up there, but I'm going to be really quick because I just have to address oh, the shirt. Oh, please. And- <laughs> And the the America America has America has a problem remix has a problem. Even the beginning when he's like yeah, like I'm like I was like losing my shit as I was listening to it. It's the detail, like the fact that it wasn't like we had to wait 
for his verse to like eventually come on in the remix. It kind of reminds me of Doja Cat and SZA, re- that re- the Kill Bill remix. That one was good. It was good. And this one, like go stick, fuck it up, go stick, fuck it up, go stick, fuck it up. Right, because I was like, oh, this is a minute in and we're still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a true remix. Yeah, we love to see it. And Beyonce, because I'm thinking about uh you know meg and hers remix mm. that was not just a remix like that's a new song the, right <laughs> the thing about beyonce is she's gonna change some shit up mm-hmm. she's not just gonna slap somebody's verse in there they've right. gotta like match her mm-hmm. and she's gonna up her thing she probably yeah. was like damn this is an amazing fucking verse right she's like let me go do something real right. quick she because she messed around with the beats and the like even down to the outro if you like really listen to it which i feel like we both have a million times since it came out too many times <laughs> like it's definitely gonna be on my spotify countdown playlist thingy or whatever at the end of the year yeah um but yeah it just made me even more pumped for the concert in july like i am absolutely stoked me too um that was that and then okay second thing i want to talk about what's going on i don't know (laughs) it's just i don't know what's happening oh i do you looked at it again and you're like oh okay i can put two and two let's talk about it yeah let's talk about it because so as some of you may know i was scheduled to speak at the She Podcast Live conference that was happening in Washington, D- Washington D.C. Right. in June. Right. And unfortunately, the in-person aspect of the conference was canceled recently. And it's just really upsetting because, like... You hate to see it. You do hate to see it. And She Podcast, for those of you who don't know, they are a women and non-binary podcasting collective just trying to give marginalized people women specifically a voice in this very male dominated field they're doing a great job they are they have a facebook free facebook group they have membership they have all of like a plethora of resources and right now the industry and it's not just she podcasts it's a lot of big players in our industry i think Mm -hmm. at least like that's the thing like to me i look at them as big players because i'm like oh they're like well established they have teams they have like you know whatever but they're still very indie based Mm, like doing everything themselves Mm -hmm. and they don't have the financial backing that these what we call the big five in podcasting have like the amazons of the world and the apples and spotify and stuff like that they kind of dominate everybody yeah and even like say spotify they made a pledge which there's a whole controversy on this they made a hundred million dollar pledge to die um organizations mm-hmm. and they haven't even put a dent into spending that money wow wait when was the pledge do you know when the pledge started i think it was like maybe two years ago oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah i feel like it too i don't know it's been some time but the thing but the thing that they like fuck themselves over like i need to find the article but i heard that one of the execs were like well we pledged that amount but not to say like we have that amount to spend right now hello wait it's like they pledged a number like in good faith almost but like oh. not saying they have that money in the bank to what? do that that right. seems kind of weird because it's giving like you inflated the numbers yeah it's like you know this would be great and it's like yeah it would be but you like you don't have the money to it just doesn't you can't make put sense. the money where your mouth is right 
Hmm. So anywho, that's really sketch. It is really sketch. And I just think that I mean, in every industry, I just have the thing where there's so many indie creators who are doing amazing things. So many. Yes. And all of these like big players. The part that gets me is they want you to prove yourself first. Like they Mm. want you to have the millions of followers. Like they want you to be established already Mm. so they can just come pick you up. Which is not how this works, I don't feel. It's like we need y'all to be able to get there. Right, right. Because I don't feel like these like top trending podcasts are like the most riveting every week, but they stay at the top of the charts Mm -hmm. because people just... They have the support. Yeah. And the backing. Exactly. And like there are some who truly like started from the bottom. Now we're here. But a good percentage of them are like backed by these big corporations. I feel like if you're a celebrity too, you just. Mm, automatic. But again, that's that thing. They already have the following. Or, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, they already yeah. have the audience. So it's easy for companies it's to be like, a- oh, here, here's a budget. Here's like throwing all of these things. When there's shows like ours and so many others Mm -hmm. who are worthy of those budgets, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the access. Yeah, ultimately, it is very like um, they're just trying to make something that's not business a business decision. So I Mm -hmm. feel like it is easy to like if you have the numbers to get the money. Right. Right. But that doesn't guarantee success in mm-hmm. my opinion because i don't even think megan markle who like was a big thing right. i don't even think she's doing her podcast anymore i don't think so either and yeah i feel like a lot of people don't know the work that goes into podcasting mm-hmm. don't really have a plan except oh everybody's doing it yeah. like jeanette with her music career mm, that's a great example like you they said this is the formula and so that she did it but like there was no like heart and soul in there right and that's something that keeps the podcast going yeah that's what keeps current audience listeners coming back and brings in new ones i feel like as long as you're consistently growing that should be enough for a business in my opinion mm-hmm. to back you or like feel like you're good enough because what really is a fact like what you know what i mean yeah and it reminds me because you know i was a big shark tank watcher and even there are shark tank companies like like you know ring was yeah. on shark tank oh. but none of the sharks took the deal there are companies like that you're right, you're right. where it's like they had an amazing thing but the sharks were like but you're not re- you're not there just yet where we want you to be or where we think you should be where it's like okay but if you ba- if you really believe in this it's about that and part. you back them then they could get there so much faster or so much easier mm-hmm. without like the struggles that come with it trying to do it by yourself yeah yeah and it's- like all of those sharks now look back and they're like that's the deal that got away damn but it happened so much right there's probably so many more yeah yeah where it's like it's really about like it's almost like you have to bet on somebody taking yeah and almost like a bet on somebody taking a chance on you truly yeah and i do think that that's why that minority like situation is so important because people don't take as many chances on people that look like us yeah basically mm-hmm. so hmm, it's yeah. a very tough it's really tough sad one to crack yeah and so but 
like I said, She Podcast is still going to be having virtually. They actually have a okay. great deal set up. Like Chris Kremitzos, who he's the founder of Podfest that okay. happens every year in Orlando, one of the big podcasting um, conferences. And him and Jess are good friends. And so he offered mm. Jess like, hey, everybody who bought a basic level ticket to She Podcast Live can come to Podfest for free wow and i'll give you extra like some of my meeting space so that y'all can have like a mini conference a couple oh days God. before Podfest. wow and then they still get to come to Podfest for free wow that's a friend right and that's an ally oh you gotta speak because you're <laughs> right there's a difference between yeah it's like putting your money where your mouth is truly truly like so in we should action all support him that's amazing Podfest, go mm-hmm. look it up guys if yes. you're a podcaster i've never been right we've never been because we've always just like been to she po- like she podcast is our thing like that's the conference know, we go to like that's where we've met so many of our pod friends Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just it's really sad especially because i work with jess behind the scenes and like watching all of this play out and seeing Mm -hmm. how hard her and her team will work to like really try to make this happen and pull all the strings and like in the end like it was just it couldn't it just couldn't happen it is a tough time right now and and right and it's a, a tough time for all industries but i feel like it's low-key starting to become an excuse. Oh, that's it's a good point. Where it's like, y'all have this money, though. Whether you, like, you need to look at your budgets again and see where <laughs> things are going. Let's reallocate. Yeah, reallocate funds. Yeah, that's kind of like the U.S. right now. With the whole, Gosh, yeah. I guess debt. Debt ceiling. Mm-hmm, how like, we're about to we default. Like, can we, like, reallocate some funds, like less over here <laughs> more over here right but we don't get to say and it's kind of silly and dumb and especially if like it's a company that's public with shareholders like the shareholders should be able to say like as even just like we're shareholders of the united states like mm-hmm. we should be able to say where this money is going but we're just like kind yeah. of at the will the the, the the whim the whim <laughs> yes but it's like you said like it's still so hard to get people to understand the importance of podcasting or even let's start with what is a podcast? Mm. Who is a podcaster? Mm. What does that look like? Mm. And that's why I said it is, it's so many things, but it's like, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, it's but the thing is, she podcast was supposed to happen like last year. Oh. And like they had to get pushed because not enough ticket sales and not enough sponsors like this isn't just like a like a secular thing like this has been like a couple years it's been an issue oh okay wow so they've had a chance yeah someone definitely needs to support especially people like she podcast who have the track record yeah or even like afros and audio oh yeah or there's a couple yeah yeah like there's so many true good like and they're like the industry like the true like in their industry people that should be supported right they care about people they it's care about podcasters yeah to like just dedicate your your life your brand to helping others like mm-hmm. that's that's like basically a nonprofit. like we need Lucky. to be like supporting them and not only us individually but like the greater industry as a whole if you are a podcast listener like you can do things too. That's true. You can support as well. You just you don't have to be a podcaster to support the podcasting industry 
or yes. your favorite indie podcasters. Very, very true. Um, so yeah, go give some love to your favorite indie show today, indie creator, indie anything, because it is not an easy job at all. And we do it out of love and we do it because we love what we're doing and we love y'all and we just, you know, there's just a lot of love in there too. And that's why it's so amazing. Yeah. It's like and when food's cooked with love, it tastes better. It tastes better. Exactly. You don't want a corporate podcast. Yeah. Unless it's good. That's basically <laughs> the news. Let's be honest. Which, if you're looking for a good news podcast, The Newsworthy by Eric Mandy, 20 out of 10. Uh, it's basically bite sized like ours. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes of like unbiased news every day. Bite sized news. Bite sized news. Aww, <laughs> we got to do an interview with her soon. We do. I mean, we have, haven't we? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, we got to do one soon. We got to do one. Um, but yes, all that to say, She Podcast Live, they are going to have different ticketing options. There is going to be a virtual option. Um, that by the time this episode comes out, I think all that information will be out and available. So I will link that in the description. Hey baddies, if you're like me and try to shop Indian fashion as much as possible, you're going to love our partner, Basic. Basic is a slow fashion shop that sources cute, comfy, and unique pieces from brands that provide living wages to their workers. We are honored to bring Basic back to you all as a four-season-long partnership and have a discount code for our community to use. Use code SWR15 at abasicshop.com to get 15% off your purchase. And shopping tip, rewear it, babes. When you do shop, focus on building a capsule wardrobe of basics and essentials that can stand the test of time. Shop basic. But let's get into it. Let's get, get into, into the chapter. Because I've been talking too much already. I'm just I mean, like, you're passionate. Oh, gosh. Oh. Oh, wow. All righty. Pivot. 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 <laughs> Let's pivoting. do 61. I was about to say, we're starting at 60 or 61. 61. All right, guys. So apparently Jeanette only signed on to Sam and Cat because, well, first of all, her mom, as we know, right. was a huge proponent in that. But she is no longer with Jeanette physically. So at this point, the only reason she did this show is because they promised Jeanette that she could produce one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, she wouldn't be the only producer, but she would be like her name would be credited as an, a produced an executive producer right. on the show. So she is someone who we know loves writing and loves like creating a story that is what makes her like tingle yeah the parent trap dupe yeah yeah which <laughs> we're still waiting on mm -hmm. Jeanette um but yeah so she doesn't love acting and the show itself is not the most like thoughtful exciting to her type of show mm -hmm. and so she really has been like just just basically counting down the days till she can produce an episode Tell me why it is kind of kind of wrapping up the show as a whole. They're on their last final episodes. And so she's like, this is the day that I am going to be 
on the script sorry guys i was trying to think of it with you and i was like fuck i can't help her with this because i can't think of it either (laughs) okay so so she's been excited about this directing day and they've been pushing her dates back um several times now and so this is like the final time that they can push it back before you know the show's gonna end Mm -hmm. so she's like this is the day i'm all excited and they drop the script off in front of her and she doesn't see where her name should be so this is setting off alarms in her head she's Mm -hmm. like wait a minute hello na she's saying two letters they're not her name they are na so she's like it must be a it must be a typo right that's what she's telling herself she starts like breathing really weird and very rapidly and to me it feels very much like the beginning of a panic attack Mm -hmm. that's what i picked up too and she is looking around like i need somebody who knows what's going on Mm -hmm. and nobody knows at this point it's like makeup artists other people who wouldn't know this type of thing So the executive producers start filing in and the one that she trusts, she makes eye contact with like, hello, and he's (laughs) mouths back and is like, we'll talk about it later. Which like, anytime somebody's like, we got to talk about it later, 99% of the time, it's not good news. It's not a good news. Yep. Because otherwise it would be just, let's talk about it now. Mm -hmm. Let's celebrate your cheers to your executive producer spot. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's like, I don't want to talk about this later. They cannot expect me to be professional right now. This is what I'm here for. And everybody knows how much I wanted this. She's fighting back tears and she realizes how foolish she has been because she's like, basically what we just said, it's not looking good. (laughs) Yeah. She feels very betrayed. And, you know, she's been so sick of being a good sport. Mm -hmm. But she's like, I know that this is what they're going to tell me. And they do. Her agents and her managers are like, you just need to be a good sport at this point and, you know, finish this shit out. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit forward now. We are on shooting day. So she is in makeup and hair and it's actually been taking quite some time because Jeanette's been very upset. She's been crying. Mm -hmm. She feels deceived and hurt and angry and Every time she tries to bring this up with a producer, they she's kind of rejected. She's like not being able to speak with anybody. Everyone's being very tight lipped. It's all kind of like them against her, she feels like, which makes her feel even more upset. Mm -hmm. So she's putting on her costume and she's very sluggishly heading down to set. And this particular scene is one where Jeanette is doing a lot of like what would you call this i'm like brain dead like um a stunt oh 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 okay i couldn't tell where you but yeah 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 a stunt, a stunt yeah. yeah it's like one of those more um physically heavy scenes and she's gonna be in a boxing ring with a 10 year old which just goes to show you like what um the box well no no no. so she it's with one of her castmates who's a boxer and they're managed by a 10 year old oh oh her which like even even more wilder. but that like if you watched or even know about the show it like makes sense everything being stupid. I'm, right everything <laughs> i'm hearing about the show makes no sense and that's kind of the vibe mm-hmm. it's like it just does it doesn't make sense like there's a 10 year old managing this boxing ring so yes her castmates the boxer and she like at this point is 
really doesn't know her lines. She's just like phoning it in. She's not happy at all. Um, and so she kind of like looks through her script because she's like, okay, let me figure out like what the vibes are so I can like do this take. And they do several takes. Um, the first one she gets through, but barely. Um, second take, she barely gets through as well. And then the third take, it all falls apart. She doesn't get through it at all. In the middle of trying to do this, like, whatever it is, jumping up on somebody and like it's kind of intense and mm -hmm. like you guys know her diet is not the best right now there's probably nothing in her system mm, that's a good point um and so she truly has that panic attack that was coming on the other day the the issue was never resolved she didn't like take that time to like therapize herself or talk to somebody about this and let out her emotions so it's just been kind of sitting there mm -hmm. and so this moment she's she can't breathe basically is what's going on and she faints starts like seeing stars she passes out and she's drooling on the floor letting out these emotional wails as everyone just kind of sits there because she is the scene and also you can't even film this because it's crazy it's what's going on right now mm -hmm. um her one of her co-stars who plays the boxer finally picks her up and carries her off set and into her dressing room where sh they can talk um they comfort her and her makeup artist who is her friend also helps calm patty. her down patty mm -hmm. we love her and of course a producer comes right behind them and is like what's going on i need to speak to jeanette you know like this is of course unprofessional to them and patty is the best mm -hmm. and she's like not now she like uses the tone where it's like stop you know and um you know, Jeanette really, really appreciates this because not a lot of people have the balls to stand up to the producers. They mm -hmm. kind of run the shit. And anyway, eventually, um, the producer does get to talk to her alone. He wanted to speak privately, and Jeanette approves that. And so her friends leave, and it's just her and the producer. <sighs> so they're trying to make some kind of you know introductory joke to lighten the mood they say i like how you've decorated the place the place being her dressing room which she has not decorated at all because she does not like being here this is not she doesn't even feel like this is her show anymore um and she you know was supposed to laugh but didn't laugh which i like you know hold your ground mm -hmm. and they clear their throats and they said i'm assuming that this is about you being removed from the director's slate and Jeanette says it's about a lot of things and it's kind of silent for a moment mm -hmm. and he just keeps going and he's like I want you to know that I vouched for you I wanted you to direct there's someone here that doesn't want you to direct very badly and they said basically that they would quit the show if you get this directing spot that you wanted which I'm like who the fuck is this I know it's a mystery we don't know at this point I right. hope we find out I do too but I can't imagine like who it would be besides the creator mm, that's the only person I can think because like who else has beef you know right that hard of a beef and that's just that mean oh shit you're right because they're like 
if this person leaves, it would be a really big problem for the show. Oh fuck, you're probably right. It probably is the creator. Maybe yeah. Damn, I just maybe put that they together. Maybe they could have parted with somebody else. But anyway, yeah, he's yeah. the main event. Even though mm, we'll go, we'll yep, keep going. We'll get there. <laughs> All right, so she's just like, "Hello," like I don't understand, and she's very upset. And the producer. I mean, she's upset, but she's silent, guys. She doesn't even know what to think right now. And the producer gets up, leaves, and it's just her at this point. And she is, like, kind of trying to cope. And she is basically feeling like she wants to puke. She wants to throw up, and she just, that's all she can do. That's the only thing that she feels like she has control over. So she just wants to um, binge over and over and over. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, this chapter ends with the prop master, who is the person who has all the props, and um, they deliver her butter sock for her next scene. So we're kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger in a way. Yeah, we don't really know what the resolution of this was. Yeah, just that she had to keep working. Pretty much. After that. And be a good sport. Traumatic ass situation. Like imagine like crying, sobbing in front of everybody you work with and then having to go right back and like. Put on a brave face. Like, all right, let's let's keep going. I'm fine now. Like when you're obviously not fine. Like cut the show for the day. Right. (laughs) But they can't. Kiss money. Kiss money. Um, But moving on to chapter 62. She is in Whole Foods buying groceries for the week. And she's doing this because she thinks if she coughs up the big bucks for produce and frozen meals that she'll spend an obscene amount of money that'll make her not want to binge and like basically throw it all back up later. So she knows this is not sustainable. Yeah, like she knows this is not a good thing, which we come to find out. Like she's seeing the physical effects of when you are bulimic. Mm. Um, Her throat bleeds daily. Her teeth feel softer. Her cheeks Mm. are puffier. She has trouble digesting food. She has cavities. Like, mm. it just it's just draining her in so many words. Yeah. So, since her willpower clearly hasn't worked, she's like, this whole food thing is the next best thing that I can try. Ooh, that itches. Okay. That itch again. <laughs> Cut that out. Uh, and so, she pulls out this frozen meatloaf meal, inspects the nutrition, and it has uh, 440 calories, 15 grams of fat, and she's like, no way she put that shit back (laughs) (laughs) and another one of her brand new strategies which we like to call eating disorders (laughs) is lowering lowering her caloric intake which i mean there are some diets where like if you actually follow like a caloric deficit is not the end of the world yeah um but in this case that's not that's not what's happening there's levels to this there's levels to this shit and she's like you know I figure if I keep my calories low, maybe the urge to throw up will go away and she'll be able to down her food. At least that's what she's telling herself. But deep down, she says she knows the truth. Mm. And the truth is that she wishes she had anorexia and not believe me. It's like switching one eating disorder for the other. Yeah, she calls. I mean, she thinks anorexia is like the better, the better of the two. At mm-hmm. this point, she's like, I did this bulimia thing, and it's not. It's not what I thought it was. <laughs> it's not giving. Yeah, she's like, I've grown humiliated by bulimia, uh, which she used to think was the best of both worlds because you get to eat what you want, throw it all back up, win-win I situation. I remember when she was like thinking she failed because she couldn't puke. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, it's the last thing I want to do. Right, which we've done a whole one eighty on that. And she's filled with so much shame and anxiety after she does it. 
and she feels depleted, exhausted, like there's nothing else. And the other half of her like has a splitting headache. Like, it's just so many bad things where she's like, bulimia is not the answer. Mm. Anorexia is. She's like, anorexia is regal, in control, all powerful. Bulimia is out of control, chaotic and pathetic. Poor man's anorexia. And I was like, okay, Deborah. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. She's living through her. Mm-hmm. Through this eating disorder. Right. Which was introduced by Deborah. Very much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the legacy of Deborah. Yep. And so she says she has friends with anorexia and she can tell that they pity her. She says she knows because anyone with an eating disorder can tell when anyone else has an eating disorder. It's like a secret code you can't help but pick up on. And I was like, fuck. Not the eating disorder community, ED community, I guess. Yeah, which, that's a whole other thing. Mm. Um, So now that's why she's in Whole Foods. Uh, But she's pushing the cart around and she has, there's this like, tiny lady in front of her um but her phone starts ringing and it's her grandma Mm. which we learn a lot about grandma in this chapter we do you're very it's like deborah senior very true (laughs) very much giving deborah senior and she says she never really much liked her grandma because as a toddler she hated the way she stroked her back and ran her hair her hands through her hair and she didn't know how to touch from a she's saying her grandma didn't know how to touch from a nurturing comforting place she only knew how to do it from a seductive place and it disgusted her and it's disgusting me (laughs) and she says when she was growing up her grandma's favorite hobbies were gossiping on the phone which we got to see in earlier chapters and getting perms and complaining we saw the complaining Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she said her feet hurt her shirt's too tight her perm's not the right color louise never called me back like it's just (laughs) So many different things where it's like, girl, please. And she says it's not that she's a bitter old woman dryly airing her grievances with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, which would be funny at least. She's always teary-eyed, always willing, always making her problem everybody else's. And I'm like, Deborah, Deborah, and Deborah. Truly. And she says, for all of these reasons, I don't like or respect her. Mm. Which is so interesting because she didn't see it with her mom. But I guess it's just because they had a different type of bond. Yep. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Love is blind. Because <laughs> this is giving exactly what her mom is giving. Right. And so since her mom has died, which her mom, her grandma is Deborah's mom. And she's tried to work on their relationship more. She tries to text back when she can, call, and like try to maintain more of a relationship with her. She's like, just I'm just going to try that's fair enough you mm-hmm. know but she's emotionally spent she's give pretty much given up on this relationship but she doesn't want to be a dick and cut off her daughterless grandmother yeah that's very hard to lose a daughter like i cannot your own comprehend. child yeah yeah and she's just trying to stay focused in whole foods though so she's not answering her grandma's calls so she texts her like i'll call you back in a minute and she's still calling her and she's just annoyed. And she finally picks up the phone. And she's like, Grandma, can I call you when I'm home? I'm getting groceries. She's wailing. She says something, but it's indiscernible through the wails. And she's concerned. She asks if everything's all right. Because every time this happens, she's like, is she calling because something happened to Grandma? I mean, not Grandma, Grandpa. or Right, because like, they're old. Like, right. As if you're crying, like what? You know, you think mm-hmm. it's something like. You think it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and her grandma wails you never call me and i'm like oh my gosh and so she sternly tells her she'll call her back when she gets home then she hangs up the phone it starts ringing again and she just keeps calling again and again and again and finally she's just like fuck it i i can't do this she leaves the grocery basket leaves whole foods and answers the phone in the car and she's like grandma i was getting groceries we're on the phone now why'd you call like what the fuck is up yeah like you're so dramatic i had to leave whole food <laughs> right come on now it better be some good right but then she says her grandma's tears turn to venom immediately she says no need to get nasty with me bitch and i was like yeah, I was like, damn. it also gave me more of an idea to like why Deborah is mm-hmm. who she is. Because I was like, this is something that Deborah would do. Right. Like maybe not call her a bitch, but like she had her own tactics of doing the same she thing. She did call her a whore. Oh, yeah. The towards things. the end. You're so right. Like, you're yeah, so right. Which is yeah. stop being nice or like mm, exactly how she wanted. That's that so venomous true. flip happened. And that like even Jeanette has had moments where she's like, I stopped caring and mm-hmm. I just like deal with broke it. that broke that nigga's heart <laughs> in his favorite restaurant. I did not yeah. care. He disgusted me. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm, damn. It's so many like levels, levels. <laughs> literal levels. There's levels to this shit. Ooh, episode title. Period. Um, and she's like, Grandma, like I said before, if you keep calling me names and guilting me every time we're on the phone, I'm going to block you boundary boundaries and she says don't threaten me little girl she says i'm not threatening threatening you i'm telling you a fact i said period bitch <laughs> i like how she can talk to her grandma yeah she may like, not have been able to talk to deborah like this but yeah grandma but all bets are off <laughs> and she says all my other grandkids call me way more than you do and Jeanette, yeah. And then Jeanette, in a moment, she's like, "You know what? How are you?" Aww. But then her grandma says, "How do you think I am? Did you hear anything I've just said? You don't um, treat me well. Your mother must be oh. rolling in her grave." What? No, just like oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, but though, like, I valid that she said, "How do you think I am, huh?" Because she's obviously <laughs> not okay. Like Jeanette's like trying to be like, "How are you?" She, but she's trying to like in right, the let's midst over. of yeah, in the yeah, right. Her like <laughs> fucking screaming match, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I maybe said the same thing. How do you think I am? <laughs> Context. Read the room. Not read the room. Uh, ooh, read the room is another good one. A good episode title. We'll figure it out. You'll see. And uh, she's like, I wish I could just roll my eyes and just write her off as an old batshit woman, but she can't. The mom stuff really like hits a spot when mm. she says stuff like that. What? How do you use your own daughter's death against your own granddaughter? From said daughter who died. I know. It's like everything Jeanette wanted to do. Like I, I'm like th- that's so kind of you to like want to keep this relationship up, but like she obviously like. Yeah, I know you might not be over your daughter's death, but to use it in that type of way makes mm-hmm. me feel no sympathy. None, none. And she says, "Okay, Grandma, I'm hanging up, and I'm gonna block you." She's and her grandma says, "Don't you dare! Your mother will weep tears up in heaven." Click. <laughs> <laughs> she hang. She says bye and hangs up the phone. Her grandma then calls repeatedly. Jeanette pulls up her contacts. 
and blocks her. A period, bitch. And that's on not dealing with narcissistic ass family members. You're cut off. Because, like, who are you going to yell to now, babes? Right. This guy? Probably. And so. But the fact, I'm sorry, but she, the way she twists the knife in deeper, that's mm. Deborah. That's what Deborah does. Yeah, that's so true. And it used to work when Deborah did it. Mm. That's true. Uh, that's and, so true. Uh, mm-hmm. wow. and so she gets home. She walks up the front steps slowly because of, there's rain. And she gets inside, and there's no Whole Foods. And so she's like, the plan will have to wait. I'll deal with this another day. Yeah, life just be <laughs> Right. And she orders a very, what I think is a delicious Postmates meal. She gets bacon, Brussels sprouts, french fries, you and bo- beef stop. skewers. You better stop. I said, damn, that's that not gonna, sound that good. sound like a bus. <laughs> Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. <laughs> Way better than what you were trying to get at Whole Foods. Low mm. calories. Yeah, shit, yeah. Mm, and she also good. says she pours herself a fill to the brim, a glass of tequila to go Which, with it. what? I've never heard of that. Mm. A glass of tequila? Mm-hmm. A glass, a shot, maybe. <laughs> a glass? Yeah. Jeanette, what's going on? Where's the well, You know meeting? what's going on. Like, you know what's going on. it's been been a while yeah her tolerance mm, has just mm -hmm. (laughs) gotten higher and higher yeah and so she chugs down the tequila before the postmates even arrives but by the time she does she's famished and so she eats it all as quickly as possible and throws it all up she ends it with fuck it this works for me believe me it helps me my grandma is blocked and my body is empty and those are the things that i need yeah, I mean, she's like in a place at this point where her, I feel like, brain is altered. It's an addiction. Like, mm-hmm. and there's so many of them at one time. Better, even though it makes it right, even though it mm-hmm. makes her feel worse, all of this stuff is making her feel worse. But in the moment, she's in like, the moment. at least I have this, mm-hmm. which is not a good place to be. But here it's we not. are. Here we are. On to chapter 63. At 63. All right, I keep getting that. At work chapters. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so she's been going through the motions for weeks. Um, she glances at her lines in the morning. She doesn't make an effort to memorize them. And she tunes out for press, which happens after rehearsal. And then um, she's basically just counting down the days till the show is over. 20 more days left after today. Just four more episodes. And even still, she's not sure if she can push through at this point. Mm -hmm. She is starting to expect that she'll have a bulimia-induced heart attack, which I did not know that was a thing. But she said her thoughts have gotten really dark, and at this point, she wouldn't mind. She's almost like, at least I wouldn't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. She says the disappointments in her life are piling up. With each added disappointment, her misery just grows. Her mom's death alone would have taken everything out of her. But since then, the pile has just grown and grown. She says she can't get a hold on her bulimia. And it's taken over her at this point, And she has stopped fighting. She has given completely in, which reminded me of like depression because I've struggled with that. And it does feel like at a certain point, you just give yourself up it mm-hmm. reminds me of um big mouth randomly which mm. i don't know if you, you I don't think you've watched I've, I've watched bits and pieces yeah there's like a depression um person person thing. thing whatever it is and they do a visual that's so good of like it just 
oh, it's depression cat. And so mm. it cuddles you and it tells you this is the best thing for you to just sleep all day and be depressed and da 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 da. Mm. And I can see how maybe like for different addictions or whatever, um, different, I don't know, things that we deal with that are negative <laughs> engulfs you and you just start like, okay, this is my reality. And you almost can't see the other side. Mm-hmm. She said, even if I. Or she has finally come to terms with the fact that she doesn't like acting because we've we've known, but she's like finally there. She's like, I don't like this. Um, and she's like, I don't want to be an actor, but it feels like that's all I can can be at this point because I don't have any other like useful skills for mm-hmm. a career at this point. Like she's like, I didn't graduate college. I've spent my whole life as a child actor and don't really have any like real life skills. Mm hmm. So she's like, I'm years away from being in an, in a place where I could just switch careers. And at this point, she's like just kind of going through the list of like what gets her through the day. And the next one's men and men aren't doing it for her either. They all just feel like distractions. She says she's ra- she would rather just um, distract herself with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so anything that's on hand is great. She'll drink vodka, whiskey, wine. And honest, it don't matter. It don't matter. And her body's even started to reject, like specifically vodka. Mm-hmm. But she's still drinking it because she's like, once I'm drunk, like a who gives a fuck, right? Uh, it's still working. But her body is like crying out for help, guys. Mm-hmm. She is hopeless, and she feels like she's walking differently. Like she's just slumped. Like she's just. she's in the lowest point I would say that we've seen her in Mm -hmm. so far yeah and there have been some low points Mm -hmm. we're moving into now where the creator has gotten in trouble from the network after accusations of emotional abuse Mm -hmm. which seems like the least of the things that have happened but that's what they're calling him on Mm -hmm. um So Jeanette's like, I appreciate the amount of trouble he's in. It wasn't just a slap on the wrist. It's like a whole thing. Like he can't even be in the same room as the people that work with him. Right. And she describes it like he's in this cave like thing that's like on the set, but not on the set to where he has to like. Y'all can't just fire him. Right. That's what I was thinking this whole time. I was like, this seems like a lot for a show that's not even doing well. It's about to go off the air anyway. Right. Like, but I think. The creator had so many holds on so many different things at Nickelodeon at the time. Totally agree. He probably had some dirt on people. Mm-hmm. He's probably in a nice severance package at the mm-hmm. end. They're going to give him a graceful wave. Even saying it was just emotional abuse is like... Undercutting it yes, by a lot. Because could, they could go deeper. Which eventually I feel like we as a public mm-hmm. have exposed him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of more known. But, yeah, at this point, he still has his job somehow. Right. And so um, rehearsals have taken are taking so much longer now because he has to give his notes on the scenes to someone who runs back to the actual set, tells them what to do. And then, you know, it's like a back and forth. Mm -hmm. The vibe on set is very let's just get it over with. Mm hmm. And um, so at this point, Jeanette is doing a jump on the table and tackling someone. 
And honestly, I think I was a little bit confused because I was like, oh, it's such a stunt on the last one, last chapter where she was at work. But I think that I think this is really what I was talking about, maybe. I think it was. They're both stunts. Yeah, it was like she was fighting someone in the last one and then this is a stunt. But it's like if you remember her character as Sam Puckett, like she was always fighting somebody, jumping on somebody like very physical work, which is not good for her bulimia. Mm. right now because she's already drained from that and then having to put so much assertion into this like it's just bad that's why she's saying i guess that she doesn't know if she's gonna make it through the next four episodes got mm-hmm. it that makes complete sense yeah so she's like doing the stunt once twice and she's like i'm exhausted all i want to do is go home and drink and so just past one in the morning they do finally wrap she gets home, she pours herself a glass of whiskey today, and she wipes her makeup off, gets in the shower, and or she's about to get in the shower when she looks in her email, and she spots this very ominous email subject line, which I was like, damn, that's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. But her management company is like, we need to talk first thing in the morning. She clicks out of the email, she tops off her glass, and she takes a shower and falls asleep tries to fall asleep should i say yeah okay so 64 it's the next morning she's on the phone with all of her agents all of her managers and all of her attorneys all the people and she's like i don't even remember when my team got this big but so apparently um that's what happens when you get successful in show business And she's like, wait, they're canceling the show? And she's, like, excited, but has to, like, hide her excitement. Oh, my God. And one of the agents goes, yep, we knew you'd be excited. And then another one says, best part is they're offering you $300,000. For what? Right. And that's what she's asking. She's pausing and, like, why? She asked him why. Free money? Right. Like, that don't that From nickel and dime alone? <laughs> from it's sounding it's fishy mm. and so another manager times and it's like well think of it as a thank you gift and basically the the thing is she's getting this money but she can never talk publicly about her experience at nickelodeon if she accepts this money mm. so she's like so this is hush money and they're like don't think of it like that. Like, <laughs> let's just take the money and run. Take, Think of it as a thank you gift. Mm-hmm. Hello? And she's like, no. Period. And they're like, uh, no? <laughs> like, they all go silent. And they're like, wait, what? And she's like, hell no. And they're like, like you said, it's free money. And she's like, no, it's not. This money isn't free. This feels to me like hush money. Speak, Jenna. And they're like trying to, because, you know, their job is to be like, yes get the money because then they also get paid too is what i was thinking about oh such a good point they mm-hmm. don't have her best interests at heart per se per se not really especially all these people they're supposed to because she's to. paying them right and she's just like no i don't want to be silenced like this i like i'm not accepting this and they're like no don't think of it like that don't think of it like that and she's like that is what it is though i'm not taking hush money like she's refusing putting her foot down and they're like well okay and then they just all start hanging up I know, like have I was, nothing else to talk about i know I like that was okay weird. what do you want your next pivot to be what do you want your next move we have these things lined up for you like nothing it's like they've given up on her too mm. they're just like goodbye yeah i want that 
It's over. Yeah, and she's like, what the fuck? Nickelodeon is offering her that hush money to not talk publicly about her experience, her personal experience with the creator's abuse. And then a great point she makes at the bottom of 217. This is a network with shows made for children. Shouldn't they have some sort of moral compass? Shouldn't they at least try to report to some sort of ethical standard? Speak on it. Damn. And she's just like, no, she's like, she's prideful of her decision. Yeah. And she's like, but then she's like, wait, did I just turn down $300,000? It's like those intrusive thoughts. <laughs> it's the buyer's remorse. Yeah. Where it's like, fuck, like, yeah, but. Was that a good decision? I could have 300 k tomorrow. She's like, no. Yeah, and she's like, I just turned out hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, Sam and Kat's making a decent amount of money, but not a, not nearly enough to turn down $300,000. <laughs> she said, I'm not th- that wealthy. Mm-hmm. She said, and now she's like having regrets. Maybe I should have taken it. Well, damn. Yikes, on to 65. All right, so the show's over, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what happened. So... Her manager told her it was canceled because of sexual harassment claims against one of the producers, which I'm hearing emotional abuse. I'm hearing sexual harassment. It sounds like there's a plethora of issues. But then what got me was the press was trying to spin it as like, oh, Jeanette's mad because she's not getting paid as much as one of her other actors Thank on the show. That. Yes, they kind of had to blame someone, so they pinned it on Jeanette. And she's like, whatever, fuck it, I didn't want to do this anyway. I know, <laughs> true. I would have been raising hell, but that's good for her. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking about, like, if I told the truth, they would really know what went down. But she said if she tells people too soon, it's going to kind of, like, maybe not hit the same because she was just on the show and you know, just all this stuff. Like, she's known as Sam, so if she shits on the show, then it... it it's just... almost like shitting on herself. Exactly. So it looks bad. So anyway, she's like, at this point, she's so famous. She hates being known as Sam. And when people ask her to take a picture as Sam, she's like, no. But if they do say Jeanette, she's like, okay, I genuinely appreciate that, and I'll take a picture with you. Mm-hmm. But overall, she's just very bitter. And, you know, I can understand that as a teen star she says she thoroughly disliked the fame by the time she turned 16 but now at 21 she actually despises it um she said think about it like if you were famous for something you did in middle school mm-hmm. which are, like put it in so much perspective for right me. no so true because we can't really comprehend like oh my god blew up as a star but like imagine like the thing you were doing at 13 years old like that fun band that you were in with your friends mm-hmm. or the play you did or whatever it is like we kind of move on from middle school and we never talk about it again but she is like stuck stuck in that in that phase forever and we all know her as this person and mm-hmm. she's like i've far and out far outgrown that character but the world only knows me as sam puckett Mm-hmm. she's like i'm aware and i know how whiny this sounds like millions of people dream of being famous but she's like at least i didn't dream of being famous and so because of that she feels entitled to hating it yeah because this was ultimately her mom's dream like she even ends it with i'm allowed to hate someone else's dream even it's even if it's my reality which i was like Fuck. that's deep that's deep and uh, wrapping it up, wrapping it up 
with <laughs> chapter 66, y'all. We are in the back of an Uber with Colton. Colton's back. And she's wearing a little black dress and some two high heels. Like, you know, just going out with her friends. And it's actually her 22nd birthday, we find out. She's going to a birthday party uh, for herself. (laughs) And she also tells us that bulimia has kept the weight off of her for the first few months. But since those first few months, bulimia has betrayed her. And she says, my body seems like it's retaining whatever food it possibly can, refusing to get smaller and, in fact, getting bigger. So much to the fact that she's put on 10 pounds since those first few months. And she's tortured by those 10 pounds. She doesn't understand, like, why her body is... She feels like her body's fighting against her, in so many words. I really think it is. Right, but it's because it's like, we're trying not to die. Exactly. Like, you're killing us, literally. Yeah, yeah. And so she pulls up to the party, and she immediately just starts throwing back shots. People are telling her happy birthday, but she's just like... I'm trying to be wasted, which she is within an hour. <laughs> and then one of her friends, Bethany, starts walking towards her and she's carrying a cake with candles. And she's like, shit. This is like her greatest nightmare. <laughs> right? Not a cake with candles. Anything but a cake with candles. And Bethany's like, like hugging her. Which Bethany, I'm like, she don't seem like that great of a friend, but okay. And she's like, you're like not a good hugger. That's what she says. She says it in her, like, valley girl voice. That's a good way to, yeah. And Jeanette's like, yeah, well. And Bethany's like, I brought a cake. It's vanilla, your favorite. And it has this, like, really cool vanilla buttercream topping that's supposed to be, like, amazing. <laughs> I need you to do more of that. Whatever that is. <laughs> I'm so weak. And just like, she's like, okay, great, cool. And Bethany's like, I know, right? Want to do cake now? Let's do cake now. And so she's like, hey. And she's like shouting everybody <laughs> over like, like I didn't bruh. read it like this. This is so much better. <laughs> so And Jeanette's too drunk to like fully make out like even the people who were there. Love it. And My everybody's singing. friends. Right. <laughs> and they're singing happy birthday. And she's like, oh, fuck. But this is it. The point where, you know, how she feels about birthday wishes and candles like she's been wishing for her mom's health for so long on every birthday wish but now her mom's not here not the wishes you know yeah she says the thing that i secretly hoped through all these years i had i had some control over i know now that i don't and never did it's like almost a depressing thing now like this oh. doesn't work but i had so much hope in it working no for so faith long. and faith is kind of what gets you through these really dark times so the That's fact that she's point. not she has no faith at this point is like so dark right she even says like it was her entire life's purpose keeping her mom alive and happy and she's like it was all for nothing because she's gone now she tried desperately to understand and know her mother and what made her sad and all these things which we saw her do and without her around she doesn't know what she wants she doesn't know what she she doesn't know like how to be Jeanette yeah yeah and she leans forward blows out the candles wishless and Bethany's like you've got to try the cake the buttercream frosting and she takes a bite and she's like "Ooh, it's good and she basically heads to the bathroom to throw it all back up yeah and that's where we end we are in a really tough spot for Jeanette. Mm-hmm. Really difficult. Oh my god, I just peeked at the next page. <gasps> Don't tell me! <laughs> Don't tell me. Don't let me know. Guess y'all will have to come back and find out what happens next. Yeah. But until then, this has been another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. And I'm Samra. Bye, y'all. <laughs>